everyone, it's Janessa with What's Happening in Williston, and today I am here with Brandon Delvo. He is the marketing director here at Williston State College, but he also wears many hats in the historical sense of Williston. He's on the Fort Union Muzzleloaders and the Fort Union Association, and I just really wanted to take the time today to visit with him um, in regards to the history of the area, um, along with the Fort Union rendezvous that is coming up in our community. So Brandon, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time to visit with me. Yeah, thanks, Janessa. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's get started in first about Fort Union. What is it? What's the historical significance here in Williston? Um, yeah. So I, I, I usually like to start these things out with uh, kind of an analogy for, for, for people where if you draw a straight line on a piece of paper and that signifies time or really, you know, as long as we've been a country, you know, 240, 250 years of, of existence, um, but if you put a line in the middle, that's like the American Civil War. If you put a line before that, that's the American fur trade. That's Fort Union, things like that. And then if you put kind of a, a mark after that big one of the Civil War, um, you might be talking about Fort Buford, the railroads, things like that. And I, I like to mention that because we really cover well over 100 years of that 250 year existence really that we've been a country. I mean, so that this nice little spot of Northwest North Dakota encapsulates a lot of that American historical experience. Um, and you're mentioning Fort Union. Fort Union really comes about just due to simple economics. Um, you have the American fur trade going on. And what's the, what's the fur trade? You essentially, in a nutshell, have um, a demand for furs um, to make certain goods like hats, uh, fur hats, quality beaver hats were, were a sought out item um, out on the East Coast and over in Europe. And then you have trade goods, which the Indians need. So we're, we're, we're symbiotically fulfilling a relationship that, 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 that serves two purposes. The Native Americans and the Plains Indian tribes are getting what they need. And then by them bringing in those furs, the, the, the fur company is getting that. Um, if we go before Fort Union is built, uh, Lewis and Clark come through here in 1805 and 1806 and they make note of the area out there by the confluence of the Missouri and the Yellowstone, essentially saying that this would be a suitable area for a fort. Um, they're both military officers, they, 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 they can survey the terrain, they've already been doing this for months at a time on the expedition, so they're very, very good at what they're doing. And now we fast forward to 1828. And at the request of the Assiniboine Indians, with the help of the American Fur Company, through a gentleman by the name of Kenneth McKenzie, uh, who was head of the Upper Missouri Outfit at the time, um, the, the Assiniboines essentially say, we need you to build a trading post here. This is a good, suitable spot. Kenneth McKenzie starts this, though, in October of 1828. Well, we know how our seasons are up here in Northwest North Dakota. He's a little bit behind the gun <laughs> on getting this thing built. Um, but it, it gets built in 1828, and really for 39 years, it's a bastion of peaceable coexistence between European Americans or white European Americans and the uh, Northern Plains Indians tribes. Um, we're, we're trading everything here from a simple mouse hide all the way up to buffalo hides. Um, and throughout those 39 years, I mean, we, we cover a lot of... Uh, a lot of things are happening in America. America is changing, America is evolving, technology is coming around. Um, but what really helps kick off that fur trade is um, the arrival of steamboats. 
Steamboats are basically our, our I-94s, our I-29s of the day. So with that launch of steamboat traffic, um, really accelerates the fur trade. And we're seeing where hundreds of thousands of dollars in furs are being traded annually at Fort Union. So it's uh, it's essentially the Walmart of its day. Mm -hmm. And and that's really important that, you know, it it is around for 39 years, which is a really long run. Yes, well, especially back in that day. So it was in existence basically from 1828, you said, to roughly 1860? Yep, around 1866. Um, the Civil War is over by this time. Okay. Um, there really is not a need for, you know, the fur trade's kind of in its waning days. Yeah. But at this point in time, um, with the Civil War being over, uh, America really takes a look to the West. Okay. Um, I mean, we've just gone through four years of just horrific, bloody fighting, brother against brother. And America is looking for, you know, obviously expanding. Mm -hmm. Railroads are expanding, so the transcontinental railroads being built at this time. Um, in 1862, Abraham Lincoln opens up the Homestead Act. That essentially opens the door wide open for settlement. So people are turning their attention west, but at the same time, government policy is turning things west as well. So this is where you get essentially the, the infancy, the early infancy of Fort Buford being built um, is right at the end of the, the, the Civil War. So in existence between 1828 to about 1866, 1867. Okay, great. And so um, after that, so I know Fort Union was then dismantled, right? Put into Fort Buford yep. down the road. Um, when did the whole reconstruction of that come about? So I like to, I like to say this, and I mean I'm I'm a fairly newcomer to a lot of the the people in town that that are here or have passed away or have just moved on. Um, but really, the the reconstruction um, from what a gentleman by the name of Dave Fenders, who's been a member of the Muzzle Loaders really since it started, um, likes to say that. The stars aligned perfectly to get that fort rebuilt. Okay. There was a lot of uh, things done locally. Uh, the community got behind it. They got they got behind the history of the area. Um, there was a lot of work done uh, with gentlemen like Marv Kaiser, Paul Hedren, who was the uh, superintendent at the site at the time. Um, that they, they spent a lot of their own money, went out to Washington D.C., lobbied our, our members of Congress, and essentially a lot of those moving pieces community involvement and fundraising, a lot of the lobbying side of it helped to make that, A, the archeology span happened, um, and then pretty much getting that partially rebuilt. It's not a full reconstruction. Uh, there are some buildings that their outlines are there, but that uh, reconstruction in itself just gives you kind of the immense scale of, of what that building would have looked like over 150 years ago. Okay. Um, are there any big name historical figures that might have passed through Fort Union? Yeah. Um, really even be, before Fort Union was built, I mean that whole confluence area was a site of other forts that were built. Okay. One of the earliest being Fort Henry. Okay. And I always like to bring that up because I know The Revenant is a popular film. It yes. has connections with, with the Park Service and, and whatnot here. Um, in that Hugh Glass story, after he's mauled by the grizzly bear, uh, in the movie you, you, you kind of see this, you know, this fort encapsulated by mountains, you know, when Hugh Glass returns to civilization. Well, he was mauled by that bear down by Lemon, South Dakota. He returns to Fort Henry. He returns here. Oh, okay. I mean, and, you know, Fort Henry was around between 1822, 1824. Okay. Um, so we have Hugh Glass up here. Hugh Glass was also... Uh, documented as, as coming through uh, Fort Union during its time. 
uh, numerous individuals. Um, there, there may be more popular, you know, from a historical as yeah. aspect, or for, for me being a historian, but uh, men like uh, Jim Beckworth okay. was an African-American mountain man, uh, also a member of the Crow tribe. Okay. Uh, I mean, lots of individuals. There's a gentleman by the name of uh, Alexander Harvey, uh, and he's got a fiery temper. He ends up killing a man out there. Uh, men like Charles Larpenter. Um, Charles Larpenter, you, you can get uh, 40 Years of Fur Trader out at the bookstore or uh, the actual uh, journal that uh, the late Mike Kassler and uh, Dr. Raymond Wood wrote, but Charles Larpenter started as a clerk at an opposition company post near Fort Union, okay. essentially gets put into free agency, okay. gets picked up by the American Fur Company, and essentially spends the, those almost those whole 39 years wow. up on the upper Missouri up here. And his journal is, is a classic of knowing what's going on at any given time. And he talks about various uh, historical things. The, the killing of the Duchamps family is, is a story that's in okay. there that uh, maybe isn't as widely known. Okay. Um, the Alexander Harvey incident. There, there's all these different things in there, but um, these are maybe more celebrities in my eye, but they leave us a, val a very valuable history of what took place out there and a lot of those people that came and went through those doors. Yeah, well, and who came and went through our area because Wellston, you know, was first discovered in what, the late 1800s, early 1900s, and was, Wellston was found. So this is all history that happened in our area prior to mm -hmm. this community developing. And then um, history with the, you know, like you said, the fur trade, how that all worked, Lewis and Clark, the Native Americans, it just really shows how our area up here has such a robust history. So, Absolutely. Um, so if individuals kind of want to learn about that history, of course, each year is the Fort Union Rendezvous. Do you want to kind of talk on that and what community members can expect? Yeah, absolutely, Janessa. So uh, Fort Union is located roughly uh, 23 miles southwest of Williston. It's off Highway 1804. Um, you, you can't you can't miss it. <laughs> the big white walls and the bastions, I mean, like, like they used to say, the great white house on the prairie, that it still looks that way. Um, and and you, it's essentially situated around a backdrop that has been untouched since the fort was built. So you, you get a lot of that sense. And uh, Fort Union Rendezvous this year is June 15th through the 18th out at Fort Union uh, Trading Post National Historic Site. And a lot of what you can uh, see at Fort Union Rendezvous, you're really gonna see the fort come to life. Uh, I've been doing living history for well over 15 years. Um, the Fort Union Muzzleloaders, a local living his historical group will be there, along with a lot of other uh, living historians that, that do kind of that 18, anywhere from 1820s up through 1840s time period um, out there. They come from all over the country. Uh, we cover a wide array of uh, knowledge, know-how, experience that we bring to the table. And essentially what we, we want the public to walk away with is, I mean, you can read about something, but when you really get the sights, the smells, you utilize all those senses out there and, and you see us, you know, doing primitive camping, you see us doing primitive cooking um, and doing some of the various demonstrations that will be taking place out there, um, you really walk away with a better sense of what that time period was like. Um, it, there's there's numerous events throughout throughout those days of of the rendezvous um, June 15th which is a Thursday I believe that's uh, kids day so a lot of uh, 
you know, if you've got kids, please feel free to come out. There's a lot of us that do uh, various different stations where you really walk away with, you know, it, mm -hmm. it has something tied historically to the yes. area. Yeah, yeah, and I remember bringing um, my nieces and nephews out there during Kids Day, and yeah, they had plenty where you could see the weaving of different blankets. You were, um, you know, guiding kids through, okay, these are the different furs that we saw at Fort Union. Um, I believe that there's like a canoe or boat demonstration that yep. also goes on. Um, so, and so what were some of the furs that were really popular in our area? Well, obviously, there, there's a need when the fort's in existence for, for beaver hides. So beaver trapping um, is, is, is very, very popular. Um, but then uh, kind of when that market ebbs away slightly, uh, buffalo come, come up as, as a sought-out commodity. And, I mean, uh, buffalo hides are used um, for numerous things, you know, coats, whatnot. I mean, it's a very, uh, very durable uh, Leather, it's a very durable material. I mean, this is an animal that has biologically been on the Northern Plains for, you know, it's evolved over millions of years. So, mm -hmm. so this animal is suited for, for the extremes of our, of our seasons up here. Um, but really, I mean, beaver and, and buffalo, but I mean, there's numerous other ones, everything from deer hides to fox. And, and what Janessa was talking about earlier with uh, Kids Day and going through the furs, we were doing uh, essentially Indian Sign Language, which was telling, you know, various children about the diff, what, what um, the, the basic way to communicate in those days was through um, sign language. Mm -hmm. We think that, you know, nowadays we have interpreters and different things. A lot of things were, were simply done with, you know, saying things, you know, like, yes, you know, maybe, no. Um, and, and that's how people communicated back then. So we go through all these various animal hides. And I know the most popular one is usually the skunk because the skunk in, in sign language is, it smells bad. That's, that's one part of, of, of uh, what a skunk is. But um, it, kids walk away with, 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 a, with a little more of a, a sense of what went on out there. And I always like to say if we, if we maybe hook one or two kids that are like, you know, I want to know more about this or I want to read about this or mom, dad, can you take me out there again some other time? Um, that might be a future living historian someday. That might be somebody who wants to maybe get into the humanities in college and maybe pursue a history degree. So, because mm -hmm. um, we got to keep that history going, we have to keep that history alive up here. And the best way to do it is educating our children. Yeah. And so what are some of the key pieces of history that have been pulled from the Fort Union site? Oh man, I mean, there's, there's numerous things that have been pulled from the archaeology, um, what I can really say to maybe encapsulate all that is um, anytime you do archaeology on a site, whether it's Fort Union, whether it's Fort Buford, you're walking away with, with a cross-section of what life was like. Mm -hmm. um, what, you know, what people maybe ate, um, what people maybe used as, you know, eating utensils, um, cups. I mean, we've, we've seen where, you know, there was a degree of fine china brought up the river. I mean, we, we think of these places maybe through Hollywood and other things as being these, you know, crude, rudimentary places. They're dirty and filthy, which don't get me wrong, you know, some of these places were, but I mean, they, they took in the fineries of, of life no different than we do nowadays. Um, so we really, it, it opens you up. It's kind of like going in a time machine. It opens you up to a different time period. Um, and it's just, it's always every little turn, you know, oh, what's next? What's next? What are we going to find next? Um, 
I mean, it might be something as trivial as, you know, oh, they used a certain type of nail, or, oh, we found a part of a, you know, a, a, a trade gun, or something like that. Um, and that's just always, that's really important for, for a lot of us on the historical side, because we, we, we have a more definite answer as to, you know, what certain things were being used up here when the yeah. fort was in operation. Okay. Um, so if the community members are interested in learning more about the history or if they're interested in, um, you know, becoming somebody that possibly partakes in the reenactments or those different kind of things, um, what is the best way for them to get involved? So yeah, the, the best way, uh, Fort Union muzzleloaders uh, have a Facebook page. You can just basically go up in your search queue and type in Fort Union muzzleloaders. Um, we meet... Uh, I believe it's the second Wednesday of every month at, at the James Memorial Library at 7.30 um, is when we have our monthly business meetings. Um, I'd even just make a plug too, just even for the Fort Buford 6th Infantry Association. That's the other living histor historical group uh, here in town and, and they're, they're obviously connected to Fort Buford and, and, and its history. Um, but really a lot of us, uh, where we come together is the, just the overall history of the confluence area. And the Fort Buford 6th Infantry meets at the uh, at the new armory uh, the first Thursday of every month at 7.30. Um, the best way to just get involved is to come to a meeting, uh, you know, introduce yourself. Um, we're, we're very friendly people. I know we wear historical clothing and look different sometimes, <laughs> but we're very approachable. We love to talk about what we do. We love to educate the public. Um, and if you want to be a part of that experience, by all means, come to one of those meetings and, and we can kind of help get you started from there. Okay. Well, do you have anything else that you'd like to add for our community members? I say just, I mean, if you have not been out to uh, either Fort Union or Fort Buford, please come out and, uh, and visit those sites. I think you'll be really impressed with, with what, you, uh, what you would walk away with, just knowing uh, how special our area is um, up in this corner of Northwest North Dakota, really to the whole big overall American historical experience. So come on out, visit your historical sites. Well, Brandon, I really appreciate you taking the time with me to visit about this and to educate us on Fort Union, the significance of its history, and what community members can expect for the Fort Union Rendezvous coming up the 15th through the 18th, correct? That's correct. All right. Well, we hope to see everybody there. Thank you again, Brandon. Yep. Thanks, Janessa. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. There we go.